0: Welcome, listening audience, to this new edition of a Heart After God radio broadcast with Pastor Brad Abley. Brad continues his study in the book of Luke, today picking up the conversation in Luke chapter 1, verse 70. Zacharias lived his life under the authority of God. As a result, God blessed him not only with a child in Elizabeth's old age, but also restoring his speech after nine months of being mute. Zacharias recognized through his prophesying that a remnant would be saved through the Messiah and fulfilling God's promise to lift up the nation of Israel. Let's not lose sight of that. We see even today with modern Israel, how it has been restored as a nation and the protection it has from its many surrounding enemies. Let's learn more about this as Brad reviews these passages. Now here's Brad.
1: Well, very, very warm greetings to you, dear friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with a heart after God Bible teaching ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the word of God and to stir within you and me a greater heart after God. You know, just before coming on air, I was reminded of the fact that a few weeks ago, we have celebrated our fourth full year of broadcasting on Voice of Hope Africa And I want to thank my dear friend and uh, ministry partner Mark Biasotti for all the work that he has done uh, from a technical standpoint to be able to get these messages uh, to you from the United States of America all the way over into Africa. I love how modern technology is able to do that. And I think what the Apostle Paul must be thinking now in heaven of can you just imagine if Paul had the ability to preach on radio and reach an entire continent which is what this ministry is was is able to do and uh, you know I haven't I haven't mentioned this for a long long time because no matter how often I've mentioned it sadly uh, no one has ever responded but I'll just mention to you now that I don't get paid for these broadcasts. It is a lot of work, a lot of a lot of preparation for the messages that I bring to you every single week. And um so I make my living by the gospel, and it it sure would be a great blessing to me and I think to the Lord, if someone from Africa, that is, that is receiving these broadcasts would consider um, being a benefactor, would consider partnering with me and and blessing me and my wife financially, because this is a faith ministry. And I I will say, I just don't think it pleases the Lord that after four years of preaching the Word of God faithfully on Voice of Hope Africa— not one person has ever given anything, not one penny, not one dime, not one shilling. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want you to think I'm involved in self-pity here at all. My trust is in the Lord, but practically I also earn my living by the gospel. And that's what Paul said, that those who earn their living by the gospel should be paid accordingly, uh, that a workman is worthy of his wages and those who work hard at preaching and teaching should be worthy of double honor. Now, I'm not, you know, I hate the thought of promoting myself. I'm not going to beg for money at all. I never have. I never will. But I do think it is right to make the need known. And then also, Voice of Hope doesn't charge me for these broadcasts. But and I have not been able to give. I would like to bless Voice of Hope Ministry financially. That's my dream. One day I'd like to bless them with several thousand dollars for really their gift in allowing me to broadcast for four years without charge. Friends, I think of I, who only when I get to heaven will I know the fruit of this broadcast. How many salvations and so on and so forth. And that's a hard thing. I wish I could know now. Um, and if you've been touched by this ministry, write to me. Uh, so if if you would like to give, just Google my website. You could just Google Brad Abley and, and look for my website to come up. And then on the website, you will see a button which helps you to know how to give Uh, financially Uh, either pastor brad abley or just brad abley i'm i'm in the middle of switching over from pastor brad abley to brad abley but either way if you google uh, my website will come up and then you will be able to uh, be directed in giving financially well that is i wasn't planning on doing that i was just planning on asking you to celebrate with me And with Mark Biasodia these four years, but I'm trusting the Holy Spirit that it's his timing uh, to mention what I very rarely mention, and that is the need for financial partnership. So you go to the Lord and ask him if he would have you to give. And um, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to mention anything more. Now, we are in Luke chapter 1. Last week we left off on verse 69. We're going through Luke verse by verse in what I have I'm calling the Know Your Faith series. And what better way of knowing our faith than going through an entire gospel verse by verse, no rush, carefully, so that the reason that I'm doing this slowly is because I want to try and teach you everything I possibly can from the Word of God. That's the goal. That's the motive. By the way, uh, for those of you that, let's say, you can't give, one thing you can do is you can pray, and we need your prayers. We need protection from the powers of darkness. We need God's wisdom. Uh, We need God's anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit and protection from sickness, disease, and calamity, and over all the powers of darkness. I often feel like I'm being attacked from demons coming from Africa because this broadcast threatens the demonic realm. And just imagine if there are 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 men and women and children praying for the success of this broadcast— Can you imagine what God could do? So pray that multitudes would be saved, multitudes would be healed, um, that multitudes of young men and women called to pulpit ministry would be trained and equipped through these broadcasts, that the church, you know, African pastors always tell me the church in Africa is, is a mile wide and an inch deep. And that bothers me. And I want to be used by God to help the church in Africa to become a mile deep as well as a mile wide. And that can only happen through sound teaching, sound doctrine in the fruit and power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Now, let's pray before we open up the Word. Father, I thank you for every single man, woman, and child that is listening to this broadcast. And I'm trusting you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive your word so that we can grow in you, and that we would be obedient. And we pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us afresh and enable us to hear your word with faith and discernment and with obedience. And may this word today bring great glory and honor to the Father, and to the son through your ability holy spirit we ask these things in the name of our savior jesus christ the king of kings and lord of lords hallelujah all right here we go luke chapter one we're going to begin in verse 70 let me just remind you that zacharias is 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 giving thanks to God for the birth of his son, even though Zacharias and Elizabeth are way beyond uh, childbearing age, God has answered their prayers. uh, And this little boy, this little baby, would eventually become known as John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. Zacharias is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesies and just verse after verse after verse from the Old Testament is, is coming out of his heart and out of his mouth. That tells us that this man knew the Old Testament. He knew how to interpret the Old Testament accurately, and he knew how to apply the Old Testament accurately. And so I'm going to give the a title to this message, uh, Great Lessons from an Old Man, Part 2. Great lessons from an old man part 2. What are what are the lessons that we can learn now? Well, we must continually to be we must continually be faithful to be in the word, to grow in the word, to know the word, to handle the word accurately to interpret it in its context accurately and live by it, live it out. So that when we grow old and when we go to be with our Lord Jesus Christ, the goal, my friends, is that we are more on fire for the Lord when we die than when we began. We are closer to the Lord when, by the time of our death than when we began. And I quoted the Apostle Paul who met the challenge to end his life well at the end of his life, he was going to be executed. As a matter of fact, he would be beheaded for his faith. And he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. Again, Paul is, is probably days or weeks, probably no longer than months away from his execution. And he makes this statement. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, in the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. And we're looking at Zacharias also an old man, and I am suggesting to you that but by the way he is prophesying and By the way, is declaring the Old Testament. This man knew God, and he had a a, a close relationship with God, and he was on fire for God. Well, so he prophesied, verse 68, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us, speaking of the Jews, and accomplished redemption for his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us, in the house of David, his servant. He is prophesying the coming of the greater David, uh, the Messiah. And now I'm going to teach from verse 70 and forward, because I already covered verses 67 through 69. And Zechariah says, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. That tells me that Zacharias lived under the authority of the word of God. And I, in my own nation, I am grieved by how many people claim to be believers in Jesus Christ, but don't live under His, the authority of his word. Well, Zacharias recognizes and reveres God for his word, because it is faithful, it is true, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, God uses men and women from of old. And then he goes on in verse 71. He is going to quote Psalm 106. And in verse 72, he's going to quote Micah 7, uh, verse 20. Then he's going to quote Psalm 105, verse 8, uh, and uh, verse all the way up to verse 42. Then he's going to quote Psalm 106 again. Uh, verse 45 he says in verse 71 salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers to remember his holy covenant the oath which he swore to abraham our father to grant us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear." in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Now, what's happening here is that Zacharias is is recognizing that the Old Testament prophets, especially with the Abrahamic covenant, prophesied the day would come, David did as well, when Israel would no longer have uh, pagan enemies that would try to take their land away from them and that would try to corrupt their religion through what ended up happening the jews intermarrying with pagan uh women who took like in the example of solomon took their heart away to follow after uh false gods and goddesses and and it corrupted their relationship with yahweh they ended up sacrificing their firstborn infants through the fire with the God of molech it was just terrible God warned them this is what's going to happen and what Zacharias is recognizing that the prophets prophesied the day would come when Israel would no longer backslide they would no longer become apostate but a remnant would be saved and God would pre- preserve Israel as a People and as a nation, and he's doing that right now. He brought Israel. He brought the Jews back to their land in uh, 1940. Ah, was it 1948? I think it was. Yes, 1948. And that's a an an instance or an establishment of the reality of God that this small amount of people could be brought back miraculously into their land god is fulfilling his promise to abraham promise to abraham isaac and jacob but what zachariah sees is the day when they will no longer be dominated by their enemies but at the time that he wrote rome dominated israel and even after jesus was crucified Buried and raised from the dead. Rome continued to dominate Israel. And it would until 70 AD when Rome destroyed the nation. So so the promises were not fulfilled then during that time. But they will be fulfilled. Why am I saying that? Jesus' first coming was to bring salvation from sin to the Jewish people, and then to the Gentiles. And that has been happening. But the promise, the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant for their land waits until his second coming, when he rules and reigns the entire world from Jerusalem in complete peace, justice, and righteousness. My point here is that prophecy looks at the distant future as if it's happening in the present and that explains why Zacharias was almost expecting an immediate defeat of the Romans as a matter of fact by the time Jesus came there was a strong messianic expectation from the Jews however they believed that God's Messiah would deliver them from slavery to the Roman government, and so he would be a political, military Messiah. He would vanquish Israel's enemies and restore the kingdom to them completely. Remember, as Jesus was was about to ascend back to the Father, what what did his disciples say to him? Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel. And what did Jesus say? It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so Jesus in this age, in this present evil age, Came to seek and to save that which was lost. Acts chapter ten, uh, verse thirty-eight tells us tells us that he came to destroy the works of the devil. And so, when when Zacharias prophesized salvation from our enemies, verse seventy-one, what he didn't realize is that there was a twofold uh, fulfillment of that. Initially it would be salvation from our spiritual enemies. That is, the powers of darkness. Remember Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, our battle, our fight, is not against flesh and blood. That is, it's not against people, but it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. What Jesus did through his death and resurrection is he broke the power of darkness over us. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, uh, uh, Peter declares, You know of Jesus of Nazareth how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You see, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, my friend, Satan no longer has a authority over you. He no longer has a hold over you, and you're no longer controlled and dominated by sin. That doesn't mean that we don't sin. It means that God has saved us from its power, and we have the ability to walk in freedom and in obedience over sin we're growing in christlikeness that is the theological doctrine of sanctification where the holy spirit daily conforms us into the image of jesus and that takes a repentance of sin it takes a humble response to the initiative of the holy spirit and humble response to the word of god and so i don't know that zacharias truly understood what he was declaring when he said salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Now, it's true that that we're persecuted by human beings, but ultimately the, the greatest hatred for us comes from Satan and his demons. Eventually, Jew and Gentile will no longer have any human enemies and will no longer have demonic enemies when Jesus comes to rule and reign this world for a thousand years from Jerusalem in complete peace, justice, and righteousness. And then when the eternal state begins, Satan and his demons will be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever, and they will no longer be able to tempt us And then God will deal with the nations that refuse to repent. And so in heaven, there will not be any sinners. And we will, the Jews and the Gentiles, will be completely free from all of these things. Hallelujah. We have so much to look forward to. This life is so short, my friends, but eternity is for eternity. Well, He says, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers. Well, the fathers, they were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They needed mercy just like we need mercy. They were not sinless. They were sinful. Uh, They committed sin. Abraham got out ahead of God. Uh, Jacob was a manipulator. All of them sinned. They needed mercy and they needed mercy. The God of mercy to extend mercy to them to continue to fulfill his promise of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's what Zechariah says in verse 37:3. The oath which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, I just explained that might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days well that is what jesus christ did in his crucifixion and in his resurrection he has restored us and he is restoring us into the image of god and we have moved from being sinners to to being called saints. We have moved from being unholy to being holy by virtue of our relationship with Jesus and then walking out that holiness and then righteousness. We are declared righteous by God by virtue of our relationship with Jesus and his sinless nature. We're united in him. And so when God sees us, he sees his son and we have a robe of righteousness uh, that we're clothed in. So God no longer deals with us as sinners. He deals with us as saints. When you read the New Testament epistles, what are they written to? They are written to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Colossae, to the saints in Rome, to the saints in Corinth, etc., etc. That word, saints, literally means holy ones called out and to be separate from the sinful uh, control of this world system zacharias prophesied that that was what was going to happen and sure enough it has happened and it continues to happen and it will continue to happen until the return of jesus christ hallelujah aren't you thankful for the word of God, my friends, and aren't you thankful for this example of this godly old man? We we are learning great lessons from this old man named Zacharias so that we can be inspired by him that we also will meet the challenge to end well. Well, let me pray for you now as I see my time is, is drawing to a close. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, and child that is listening to this broadcast. And I thank you, Father, that your word declares to us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My friend, maybe you're struggling with condemnation. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation For those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. The Bible says in Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, that is declared righteous, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus reconciles us to the Father. So I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Say this with me. Father, say it with me. Father, thank you that your word says... That if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, that when I repent, you immediately forgive me. So, beloved, you just go in the confidence of, of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for you to cause you to be secure in him and to know that every single time you sin and you humbly ask God your Father to forgive you of your sin, you can quote 1 John 1 verse 9, memorize it, thank him for it, declare it, declare Romans 8, 1, memorize it, declare Romans 5, 1, memorize it, Memorize Romans 3, verses 23 through 25. Memorize 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. I want you to make an effort to do those things. Quote the Word of God to yourself. Pray the Word of God back to the Father, and your life will never be the same. Until next week, God make His face to shine upon you.
0: Thank you, Brad, for another fantastic teaching. It reminds me how powerful and relevant these New Testament teachings are for us today. If only we would take the time to truly study them, framing them in their historical context and deriving the timeless message God has for the condition of man's heart. Stay tuned for another new Bible teaching as we continue our Heart After God series. Check your local programming and station for Brad's teaching schedule. Until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.